Welcome to the weekend wrap up. This is Zoe, the intern here at KLRC. Maybe you're like me and you don't catch everything on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. I'm sharing highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Middays with Isaac and Robert, and The Drive Home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. Christy was solo this week since Mark was gone, but before Mark left, they had a Monday kind of Tuesday and decided to call up Meg. Here's what they talked about. Hello. Good morning. Is this Coach Meg? This is. Hi, Mark. Good morning. What's up, Coach Meg? <laughs> Hi, Christy. Good morning, guys. Good morning. So usually we do a Mondays with Coach Meg, since this kind of feels like Monday for a lot of us. We thought we'd check in with you. Uh, first of all, I am so glad I came to work out with you guys on Monday, not Thursday last week, <laughs> because I heard you uh, you raised the bar in so many ways for Christy on Thursday. So I did. I really pushed her. Well, Meg, I took a, a short video just so Mark could see that my face looked like a tomato. It was beet red. <laughs> And yeah, you, you got me good on Thursday. Um, but one thing we wanted to talk to you about this morning is something that you mentioned was, you know, those little extra tastes that we might do throughout the day. Like if you're making maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you have the peanut butter and you just might, you know, lick that peanut butter off that spoon and how mm -hmm. things like that can add up. And so you had a, an acronym, a word something that you use. And I was just curious and I thought it might be a pretty good practical tip for our listeners to take away. Absolutely. Yeah. So I call those BLTs, um, not the yummy sandwiches uh -huh. that we might know them. I'm hungry. As, I'm hungry. But those extra bites, licks and tastes that mm. we make that we don't account for. And so sometimes that looks like, um, I mean, if I'm just honest, like mom's finishing food that's left on plates from little ones yeah. or licking the spoon or, you know, if you're baking something, a couple of fingers of it, you know, just something like that. And so those things do add up, especially if you um, are doing like Chrissy is right now and she really has just her whole day planned. And so if she has a lot of little extra things, um, those things can add up and kind of keep you complacent and not reaching your goals. Yeah. So extra BLT, so bites, bites licks, licks, and tastes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Got it. And so I, would say, yep. I guess the key is catching yourself, right? Being more mindful. It is, it is being a lot more mindful. Yeah. And okay. I think, you know, I bet you the listeners will actually catch themselves within the next few days doing something like that. And they'll be like, oh, okay. Yep. I am. I'm blt here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I guess that's true. You start thinking about over time how much that really begins yeah. to add up. Yeah, and it, it really doesn't take much. Um, yeah, at all. Like I said, Chrissy's on a on. She knows what she's supposed to eat, and so if she's eating, you know, a little bit extra here and there, and here and there, and here and there, it would add up. Um, hey, I want to congratulate Chrissy. So I've we've been working with Chrissy. I've been working with Chrissy for four weeks. Yep. And um, she's doing absolutely incredible. Not only is she crushing her workouts, and I really do mean that. Um, yeah. She gives 110% when she is at the gym. You should and, see her smile uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm she's glowing. So proud of herself. 
Yeah, as a as a coach, like I really look for consistency because that is key. Yeah, and she has consistently been able to lose weight, and she's up to nine pounds. That's gone. awesome. In four weeks, that's that's just perfect in my book. Wow! Aww. Thank you, Coach Beck. Congrats! You yeah. just made my day. Does this mean I can like go eat a cheesecake now <laughs> to celebrate? No. She wants to practice her bites, lips, lips, what is that? Well, all of it, all together at once. No, oh, that's awesome. That is really fantastic news. We're celebrating with you guys. That's pretty cool. Yeah, she's doing incredible. And Mark, you did amazing in our workout. Hey, I have been, really all those things, I've been using the kettlebell thing, the ropes. I've been doing a lot yes. of those things that you taught us while I was there. So, Good. I, I do I, want to ask, were you, were you sore? <laughs> so incredibly sore. <laughs> it took me days to recover. Yes. But in the end, but the biggest thing was I had to go work out. I knew if I just kind of waited yeah. it out, it was only going to be worse. So once I got back into the gym, definitely things got better. So, Everything he did the day after, it took him twice as long because yeah. he was moving so slow. I went 48 hours without tying my shoes. <laughs> he just wore slip-ons for yeah. two days. <laughs> Well, you so, did you did great too. Awesome. But I'm glad you got back into the gym because that is important. Yes. Thanks, Coach Meg. Appreciate it. I think Christy is super brave for publicly committing to her health journey. And I'm also super happy she is because we get to witness this transformation and be inspired by it. I want to take my own health more seriously thanks to her. On Wednesday, Christy invited Chaplain Justin into the studio, and they had lots of great conversations. Christy asked him common questions non-believers ask Christians so that we can be more prepared to answer people when they ask us. The last question Christy asked was this. 90.9 KLRC, good morning. It's Christy. Mark has the morning off and I have invited into the studio Chaplain Justin. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. We've been covering some pretty deep stuff this morning. Basically, I came upon this article. It's about questions that non-believers or someone that's seeking to understand the Christian faith might ask believers. And one of those questions we've covered is, you know, what's your idea what God actually looks like? And why should I start believing in Jesus Christ as the one true God? So we've, we've talked about that this morning. Great discussion. Now, let's talk about all the thousands of religions. This is coming mm, from yeah. a, a non-believer. They've approached you as a Christian. And they're like, hey, you know, there are thousands of religions. What makes Christianity so special? And do we even want to look at other religions? Do you guys even, you know, explore other religions? I've had this specific question. Yeah, like They're absolutely. like, hey, we all, it all leads to the same place. Exactly, you can, yeah. whatever you want to do, whatever religion you want to do, it all leads to the same place. So can you just unpack that a little bit for me? Yeah, very common. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think in our information age, these religions in this exploration just at a click away. And so people can become very informed about different things. And so I, I think as, as Christians, we would be wise to uh, have some sense of other religions and where they're coming from. Uh, I would say first, from the Christian worldview, everywhere that people are, they're going to be conceptions of who God is, because we're made in the image of God. We're created in the image of God. And so whenever we get together, together in tribes, in cultures, in nations, uh, we're going to have ideas of who God is. 
And um, there's probably something to each one of those conceptions. And we also know that we're fallen. We're sinful. And so those images of God, those conceptions of God, will be fallen in some way. So I kind of see all these um, different religions in a lot of ways as well-meaning towers of Babel. Mm. They are staircases to heaven in a variety of different ways. And for me, I see my human limitations and I just sense if God is who he says he is, if he's out there, if he's all powerful, if he's limitless in his knowledge and, and his presence and all these different things, I cannot get to him on my own. How could I reach him? Is it through my intellect? Is it through my good deeds? Is it through my devotion in some way? Is it through me laying down my life as a martyr? Like, how far do I need to go? And I'm still just a person. I can't reach God. Mm -hmm. And so I think the only uh, way to really conceptualize God is if he were to reveal himself to us. He were to say, um, I'm God, this is my name, this is what I'm like. And that's what I think we see in uh, Christianity. Uh, It's one of three revelatory religions, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So if you go through that and say, okay, if I can't reach up to God, he has to reveal himself to me. Which one of those do I believe is true, good, and beautiful, as we talked about in the last segment? So if we look at those, those three revelatory religions where God reveals himself, that's the claim of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. A really important distinction is that both Judaism and Islam do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And so he either is or he isn't. I believe that he is. I think the evidence points to that. Um, I think it's good news that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And so he stands out as the main distinguishing factor, one of the main distinguishing factors between those three religions is Jesus has revealed God to us, to humanity ultimately. And so that might be a good place to start. What about, you know, sometimes you hear... Uh, people say, like, especially in the church, like, you don't want to look at these other religions. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and I feel like it's kind of important to know about these other religions because it kind of equips you whenever you are defending the faith. And even in college, I, I took a world religions class mm, because yeah. honestly, I was questioning a lot in my own faith. And it, it really helped me to explore the other religions because then I realized, oh, wow. Christianity just has an extra edge on all of these things. Yeah, I believe that too. So uh, I think we could think of it as hospitality. I want to be hospi- hospitable to other people, their minds, their hearts, how they've been formed to this point. But I want to learn who, who this person is. And for me, that is already a depiction of the God who reaches out to us where we're at. So I want to embody that even in this conversation. And so I don't think it would be wise or really loving uh, to dismiss religions out of hand, especially with a person that's sitting right in front of us, but to discuss and then to go back and forth. This is what I believe. Uh, this is what you believe. And, and to talk about in these things in terms of truth and goodness and beauty. I completely agree with Christy. Learning about the other religions only helps us understand people better, where they're coming from, and how to approach sharing the gospel with them. And for me too, it helps me see where Christianity is different, and that's an important thing to know. Good stuff from the both of them. Here's Christy's positive difference story from Friday that really touched my heart. 
Well, our positive difference story of the day today, I'm going a little old school, going back in time for just a minute because I came across this article that just really reminded me of the good old days with Fred Rogers, better known as Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. And, you know, he's known for assuring kids, you know, that their differences are okay. He just had this way that can make you smile and cry all at the same time, literally. Well, Mr. Rogers would narrate himself feeding the fish each episode with I'm feeding the fish because of a letter he received from a young girl who was worried the fish were hungry. So this is what Katie, age five, she wrote into Mr. Rogers and she said, Dear Mr. Rogers, please say when you are feeding your fish because I worry about them. I can't see if you are feeding them. So please say you are feeding them out loud. And then at the bottom of the letter was this note from Katie's father. And he said, Katie is blind and she gets upset if she does not hear you feeding the fish. Do you mind letting her know? And after receiving that letter, every single episode that Mr. Rogers filmed from that point on included him feeding the fish and him saying out loud, I'm feeding the fish. I just love how Mr. Rogers, he just wanted each and every one of us to know how valued we all are. And that still stands true today. And I just want to end with this quote from Mr. Rogers himself. He said, as human beings, our job in life is to help people realize how rare and valuable each one of us really is. That each of us has something no one else has or ever will have. Something inside that is unique to all time. Isn't that such a cool thought? something unique to all time that you have to offer. It goes along with that verse in Ephesians 2.10 where God says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are his craftsmanship. He created you, uniquely gifted you for this day and time. So be sure to remember that every day as you go out into this world and know you are highly treasured and valued by the one true God and you have so much to offer. Thank you, Mr. Rogers, for being a positive difference in my life and in the lives of those listening today. Mr. Rogers was a person unlike any other, just like how you and me are unlike any other person either. We all have our gifts, our strengths, our weaknesses, and our callings. What a powerful reminder to love each other better and follow the example Mr. Rogers gave us. Up next is Robert from Middays. Has God ever used something in your everyday life to teach you a little more about him and his relationship with you? Well, I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and I'm learning a little bit more about God's timing through our puppy, our our puppy Bentley. We'll take him out in the morning, you know, with our other dogs, and we'll put them on long leashes so they can kind of walk around, do their thing. And Bentley loves to get himself wrapped up in the leash around the pole, and so he has, like, no room to move, and so he starts yipping and hollering, and so I usually just run right over, help him out, get him untangled, and then he just gets himself in trouble, like over and over again, wrapping right back up. But I've got other chores going on, so I'm like, Bentley, you're gonna have to wait a minute. I will be there to help you in just a moment. In fact, you're safer in that particular spot right now. If I come get you undone, you're gonna get yourself in trouble. And I'm like, oh God, that's how you work with me sometimes, isn't it? Where I get in a tough spot, and he's like, hold on, I'm not gonna rescue you right in this moment. Hang out for a minute, you're safe, but I will come take Take care of you. Mm-hmm.
Something so cool about joy, it is contagious. I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and I went and saw my mom yesterday afternoon, and she was so excited about something, like little kid excited. So I'm like, Mom, what is up with you? She's like, you got to see it. I can't tell you. You have to come see it. So I drive over to her house, and she points to a tree that's just outside her front door, and she says, look. And I don't even know what she's talking about yet, but then I see it. She has hung. Uh, one of those bird feeders from one of the branches and the birds are loving it. They are going nuts over this bird feeder. It's like they just discovered a buffet for the first time. And my mom's like, I love this. I can't wait to refill it. So I don't think any of us actually enjoy slamming into potholes while we drive down the road. My name's Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and I was reading about a story coming out of New Caney, Texas. And there's a neighborhood there that's been plagued with these potholes, and they've asked the city to come do something about it. It's been months and months and months. Nothing's happened until somebody, I guess, took things into their own hands. And uh, the folks in that community woke up and found all of the holes filled in with dental mold. So it looks like all of these dental molds, like teeth, you know, filling up these holes. And so the city finally came out and said, okay, we got to fill these in right. So they spoke with a dental professional who was right there along that road, and he didn't deny that he did it. And so I guess he thought he was just filling cavities in a bigger way. Listening to Robert feels like a hug you can hear. Do you agree? And he shares such great stories. Up next is Anson and Kara from The Drive Home. So for most kids, summer break has officially started. Yay! One of the things that we struggle with a bit around my house during summer break mm -hmm. is keeping the kids out of the pantry oh. at like all times of the day. Yeah. Like they just want to snack constantly. Yeah. And if we're not careful, all of our snacks disappear <laughs> like a day after they've come home from the grocery store. Oh boy. Especially stuff like chips and cookies. Of course. You know, the yummy snacks. I mean, I understand. That aren't that good for you. Yeah. <laughs> swallowed whole yeah. almost immediately. Uh -huh. Well, one mom has a really great snack hack to help your Ooh. snacks last a little longer like snack hacks. in the pantry. Okay. And I, I think this is brilliant. Her name is Selena. She said she was experiencing the same thing, sick of having to stock up on candy and <laughs> snacks for the pantry only to find it empty so quickly. Yeah. So to slow her kids down and make the treats last a little longer, she took them and put them somewhere where her kids are pretty unlikely to look. Uh-huh. She hid them in empty pasta boxes. <laughs> oh, wow. So after you use the pasta for yeah. the box, just keep it and then stuff the little packages of cookies or chips How or whatever funny. in the boxes and then put the boxes back on the shelf. Wow. It looks like it's just pasta in I there. mean, I, I will admit that does seem like the least exciting thing to right? reach for in the yeah, pantry you're not just going to eat dry pasta yeah, as a kid. like gross. <laughs> Why would I look in that box? As long as they don't find out your secret. Well, yeah, shh. <laughs> There are many fine sports you could choose from. There's basketball, baseball, soccer, my personal favorite. But there is one sport that is unique. It requires courage, stamina, and agility. Wow, okay. It is called cheese wheeling. Cheese wheeling? <laughs> or cheese, I don't know if that's actually what it's called. Cheese rolling, oh. that's what it's called. Either way, I'm cheese. still not sure that's something I'm familiar with. <laughs> yes, for at least 200 years, people in Gloucester, UK have been chasing a wheel of cheese down a big hill, basically. Uh-huh. One of these hills uh, slopes is about like 200 yards. Okay, like, super wow. Super steep. It's a long way. And uh, one woman recently won this competition 
chasing a wheel of double Gloucester cheese <laughs> down the hill. Wow. Like basically they, they give it a one second head start and then they pursue it, quote, often by just rolling down the hill, literally. Okay. And apparently um, Delaney Irving, she won, but there's a little bit of a catch. Um, after her tumble down the hill, she was actually knocked unconscious for oh a little my. bit. <laughs> Wow. So, Is that the fastest way to get down? Didn't, yeah. Just kind of knock yourself out know, and roll but, uh, on down there? Yeah, when she woke up, she she was real happy. <laughs> All right. I got to admit, I'm feeling a little bit convicted today. Uh-oh. I was reading about this new study from Lifeway Research. Found that uh, 80% of Christians say that they want to volunteer to okay. serve people in their community. That's good. That is good. Yeah. The downside, only 30% actually say they participate oh. in any type of volunteer work. Okay, well that's less good. And I, I get it. Like we're busy. Oh, I know. We're nervous about it. It's true. It'd be scary to do new things. Mm. We don't know where to start. So I was reading from a guy named Scott McConnell from Lifeway. He suggests the easiest way to get started in this, if you do indeed want to serve, but are not currently, mm -hmm. the best way to get started is maybe joining up with a charity or a group that is organizing the effort. Yeah. Right? They already know what to do and how to do it. Yeah. They just need the manpower to help. That's right? a great idea. So if you need a resource, check out our nonprofit database. Yes. We have one on our website. You can go there. You can check out all of the great nonprofits all over our area. Maybe take a look. See if one piques your interest. I bet you they could probably use some help this yeah. summer. I appreciate how Anson and Kara are able to share fun stories, laugh together, but also talk about more serious things like the struggles of volunteer work. I will admit, I had a similar situation where I wanted to volunteer, but was scared to sign up and I struggled to find time. But just a couple months ago, I made the plunge and started volunteering at my church and signing up for things, and it has been a great experience. I think once we break through the wall, that mental barrier, everything falls into place, and we realize how life-giving it is to give back to our communities. Like Anson said, you can check out all of the amazing nonprofits we partner with on our website at klrc.com. Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap-up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. Until then, have a great weekend.